Just a closer walk with Just a closer walk with Just a closer walk with Hello, it's Marsha Joy, and welcome to the Modern Day Christian Chick Podcast, where we look at everyday life through the lens of the gospel while having conversations surrounding self-care, intentional living, worship, and church culture. Hello, Kim. Kim Douglas, how are you today? I am doing extremely well. How are you? So thank you for agreeing to sit down with us today. Today we're sitting down with Kimberly Douglas, and we're going to talk to her about self-love and self-esteem. So important. Kim is the founder and owner of Beautiful I Am Incorporated, a nonprofit organization that instills self-worth and value into the lives of young women. Welcome, Kim. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Like, where did you grow up? Kind of how did you grow up and your educational and professional journey that led you to where you are kind of right now? Well, I am originally from Washington, D.C., metropolitan area. That's where I grew up, although I was born in New York. I'm a D.C. girl. And I grew up in a household with a mom and dad in the suburbs of Fort Washington, Maryland. And I grew up with educators because my mom was a teacher and my father was an instructor with EEOC. Mm -hmm. So, of course, education, education, education was the rule of thumb in the house. So I went to Oxon Hill High School. Went to Duke Ellington School of Performing Arts for a little bit, but I found their academics weren't that strong and I wanted to go to college. So I went to Oxon Hill High School. From there, I went to Peabody Conservatory of Music in Baltimore. And then I transferred to Berkeley College of Music in Boston. And that's where I got my degree in music. So music was and is my everything. But I just recently got a master's degree and business administration. So I just got my MBA. Awesome. And I moved here to Los Angeles in 1990. And my path has just been kind of all over the place. It's not what I thought it would be. <laughs> so, you know, God is funny that way. You, know, you sit back and he'll just start driving. So I had no thought to be getting an MBA. I work at Cedar sinai Medical Center, which is nowhere near music career. And I'm a research operations associate where I help run a lab in proteomics and genomics at Cedar sinai and the Heart Institute. Don't ask me how. I'm just there. <laughs> You've been there for quite a while, I believe. And at Cedars, woo, I started temping in 1990. I spent over 20 years in the Cancer Institute. So I just recently went to the Heart Institute. Wow. You know, I'm just finding how God is just doing a thing. I've now ended up handling finances. Wow. Like millions and millions of dollars of finances. And I'm like, God, well, what is all this about? Right. I'm believing that it's because I'm going to be handling in my own personal life (laughs) millions of dollars and I'll know how to do it. Right. And so with that, we talk about going into my foundation, which is another area. I've always loved children. 
working with young people and teens, as I did when we were together at Ward AME, working with the youth department there and the choir. And, you know, it's always been my passion and heart, but never little girls. That was the furthest from me. I'm a boy mom. I have a son and I've always liked little boys, not girls. And so it wasn't until like 2013 when my father passed away that I had an experience that just threw me for a loop. And out of that experience, I recognized and realized that things that I had been going through from my past and the present at that time, I didn't want any young lady to ever have to suffer that. Hmm. I wanted her to know who she was as early as she could know who she was and not have to wait till late 40s to figure it all out. So that's how Beautiful I Am came about. So I started working with young girls between the ages of five and 18. And we just started having workshops because I really wanted to instill in them their worth and their wealth. So what does that mean to you, self-worth or self-values? What does that mean for you? What it means to me is how you esteem yourself and how you esteem yourself and not allowing others to do that for you. Because I love words. And so I started looking up the word self-worth and it was saying the value of someone or something under consideration. Mm. So something under consideration, you know, like when we purchase a car, when we purchase a home, we think about the value in that home. Yes. Um, We consider it. And I started thinking, wow, we don't consider ourselves enough to be valuable, to be worthy Mm. and not allowing that, then we have no self-esteem or it's very low. I was like, wow, okay. We have to begin to start considering ourselves, consider where we come from. We come from the most high God. Yes. Yes. It's huge. That's where we come from. That's where All of this stuff lies in him. So one of my things is teaching that, knowing where you come from. And our foundational scripture is Psalms 139, 13, and 14. You know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. My soul knows it full. Well, that means I'm full, filled to capacity of knowing who I am. Yes. So growing up, did you struggle with self-esteem? I know I did. I write about Ooh, it. God. I struggled with the esteem young because of my color. Okay. The little black girl. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest issue then. But growing up as an adult, I think I struggle with it more. Mm. I really struggle with it. And then even after the birth of my son, I struggle with it even more. Wow. So it's like the older I got, the more I struggled with it until I would say within the last five to six years, I had to seek help. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I started going to a therapist around 2013 because that depression kicked in so bad, that grief. Yeah. It's before Luke. 
So all kinds of things that were in me from childhood started surfacing that I wasn't aware was even there. And we don't typically go to therapists. We mean no. black folk. I had a similar experience and I therapy, I tell everybody, journaling and therapy, and of course the Lord being number one, those scriptures, yes. the therapy was key for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to somebody who was unbiased, who exactly. could reflect my feelings or what I was saying and try and lead me to some sort of logical conclusion as to how I could deal with whatever it was. So mm-hmm. it's great to hear you say that. Yeah, because, you know, it has such a stigma Yes, about mental health. Yeah. And it's so sad. It is. Because I went to the pastors. I went to the aunties and the ones that I felt were seasoned, but they didn't help. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I went to the word of God. I went to prayer. I just started thinking about the man floating that was drowning and he sent all these different types of things to save him. But because it didn't look like God, mm. Christ, I wasn't going to grab hold to it. He would not have made therapists or the study of that. Yes. If it wasn't there for help. Now, I was very picky about who I went to because I have heard horror stories. Now, I did seek the Lord to let me know, yes. is this the person? Yes. It was the person. And then I even got a life coach. Last year, I got a coach to help me get some things in order for the business side of my life. It's so valuable to invest in yourself. But I think people don't invest in themselves, especially young people, because they don't think they're worthy of that investment. Exactly. And so that's why the work you're doing is so important. So I wanted to circle back. Kim said she went to Berkeley College of Music and that's where she received her undergrad degree. But she's more than just having a BA in music. She actually has how many CDs now? Four? Yep, four. I have four. She's a recording artist, just amazing, amazing singer. And so, yeah, I'm going to link all four of those CDs in the show notes so you guys can click there and support her. So let's talk about, you've published a book. I did. Beautiful I Am. And I love this one because it looks like me, light-skinned with freckles. Yes, with the freckles. I absolutely love it. And I love the different hues. Uh-huh. Because we come in all different shades, all fearfully and wonderfully made. So tell us about how the book came about. And did the fiction come after the book or prior to? Okay, let's go back. The title, Beautiful I Am, was given to me from my dearest friend that I met at Peabody. We went to school together in Berkeley. I was done with music. I didn't want to ever sing again. And I was in the nail shop talking to him on the phone. And he was like, you're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. I have a title of a song. I was working on a title and it's called Beautiful I Am. And I was like, what? And I was sitting there getting my nails done. And I said, beautiful I am. I said, I am is God. And God is beautiful. And I was like, beautiful I am. So I took that and it just sat in my spirit for a minute. And then I went to a studio one day and one of my friends was just playing this track. And Marlon happened to be with me. And we were like, this is the track. Let's write to it. And I think within 30 minutes, we had written Beautiful I Am. So the school came first. 
Okay. Out of the song, and that was like 2011. Wow. Out of the song, the foundation came. Well, actually, a business came. Terry Bolin, who is an incredible illustrator artist, yes. It was like, sis, I got an idea. I said, what? He's like, I want to draw some pictures because he has a daughter. Uh huh. I want to draw some pictures of little black girls and things like that. And I want you to kind of write to him. I was like, what? I'm not a writer. He was like, don't you write songs? <laughs> well, he started sending me some of these pictures that you see in the book that were just incredible. And so I started writing about what I saw. So they're like affirmations and poems. And then some ideas I had, I said, we should do something with relationships, like brothers and sisters. So he came up with the picture of the brother and the sister. I said, what about best friends? What can you do around that? So he did that. And I said, what about a mom and a daughter? And we even reached out to, um, oh, now I can't think of her name. Um, Why can't I think of her name? But I reached out to her great-granddaughter. She's in D.C. And she allowed us to use her likeness in the book. Nice. So we were able to use her in the book with that whole generation so girls can see, you know, you come from a lineage of excellence, you know. And so that's really how the book came about. And then later, the foundation just came about in 2018. It became a nonprofit. That's absolutely awesome. Oh, I sit back and trip all the time. Like the title of a song. Yes. It's turned into all of this. All of that. So I know you do a huge mother-daughter tea. Yes. The mother-daughter tea, and then you have workshops for your young ladies. Yeah, we've had workshops where we break out by the age groups. Like I said, from five to 18. And we just talk about, we've talked about bullying. The little girls talked about being princesses and, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing that. And then, of course, the teens, we get in there and we talk about, the media and the portrayal of that. And what does a kingdom woman look like? What does a kingdom lady look like as opposed to this earth's young woman look like? So we get into that kind of thing. We've done a father daughter dance because I felt like that relationship with father and daughter is so important because a lot of times we end up marrying our dad, so to speak, kind of. And that's a relationship that girls need. Yes. You know, we need mothers. You need both parents. Yes. You really do. And then in December, we have the mother-daughter holiday brunch. And that's been great for them to just kind of get together and love on each other and get some nuggets from other mothers who have daughters. And and now I was able to, this last year, spotlight a young woman who just started her own nonprofit. And then we sold into her nonprofit because... That's what I want to be about. You know, when we gather of the finances and the donations and things we need is to give out to others because ultimately I want to give out scholarships. Awesome. So now that we're unfortunately in the midst of this pandemic, you've kept work going by having the online breakout sessions. So kind of tell us how we can get involved with that or sign our young people up for that. Yeah, I just had someone call me out the blue. I don't know what to do with my daughter. There's no summer camps and right. stuff. 
So I started thinking about it and I said, well, let's try to do this virtual thing and I'll do it four weekends at a time. And, you know, we've been doing beauty inside and out. We've had lectures on finances, had how to keep your skin clean. We've had even how to apply makeup. I love it. We did all of that. We read books, we played games. It was so much fun. So this was a trial. This was the trial to see how things would work, especially with technology, because I had people in Texas and Vegas come on. And I only took 10 at a time. That way, you know, we could see each other and it wouldn't be too much. So I haven't decided when I'll do the next series because we've got some moms that want to be a part of some sessions. So I'm sitting back thinking about what that looks like, how that's going to be done, and what we're going to do about that. So important when we're talking about how the mothers want something, because I think, especially when we're talking about the relationship between mother and daughters, I have three daughters. My testimony is that I literally raised my three daughters in a state of depression. And so that is how I know, like without a shadow of a doubt, that God is real. Yeah. Because they're able to live and thrive. And no doubt, I'm sure I did some sort of harm because when you're hurt, you hurt others. Yeah. But the way that God worked through me in spite of my own inner turmoil I cry all the time with tears of joy. Isn't he amazing? God is amazing that way. And you had three daughters. I had a son and I think I raised my son in a state of depression, but it's so secular because my mom raised us mm-hmm. in a state of depression. Yes. And that's why focus on the mothers is so important. Right. Because I tell moms all the time, she is going to emulate you regardless to what you think. Yes. Just an example. I have one young lady. She never smiles. And her mom's like, she never smiles. I said, do you? Right. She wasn't even aware. Mm -hmm. She wasn't even aware. Your food habits. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like. She doesn't like this. She doesn't. And it's like, like, you're not even giving her an opportunity to be herself. Yes. I would say to find out what's going on is to stay connected to me on Facebook, the Beautiful I Am Facebook page. Okay. Because that's the most relevant and up to date, although the website is, but I'm always shooting stuff out on the Beautiful I Am page on Facebook. Go on and like that. And then you could always hear about things that are going on. And of course, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- circle back to something you said, because I thought it was so interesting earlier when you said that you wanted young people to recognize their self-worth and their self-value early rather than later, because you mentioned like 40 and I'm thinking I was about to say about 40, 40. Yes. <laughs> so dreadful. And it is like, and you know, and, and you're going through life like regular. Yeah. Because that's just the state of mind you've been in. And then when I look back to how I feel about myself now, I'm like, wow. But I have to say, it's not that it's a waste of time or I wasted time. There's so much I learned from it and it's used to teach. God uses everything as a testimony. Absolutely. You know, I had even tried to commit suicide twice. 
mm-hmm. because the depression was just that real. Yeah. And I always considered myself, oh, I'm just melancholy. You know, I'm just chill. Yeah. Uh, no, girl, you are clinically depressed. Stop playing games. <laughs> and that's how my therapist had to tell me. She said, no, you are depressed. Yeah. Does anything make you happy? And I was like, wow. Yeah. Things that I should have been, whoa, yay, celebrating. I took it as, oh, okay. So now what do you do now as an adult? You have done the work. What do you do on a continual basis for your own self-care, just for Kim? Just for me, first and foremost, is I spend time with daddy. I spend time with God. Yeah, I have to worship because I'm a worshiper. Mm-hmm. So I just spend time singing with him, to him, for him, yeah. about him. That's really my biggest outlet. And just reading self-help books at times and, and taking what's for me and showing and that that's not for me. Just, you yeah. know, let it go. I believe in my Sabbath, which would be on Fridays. And that would be my day where I come home and just, I don't want to do nothing. I watch dumb, dumb television. I call it my, where I don't have to think. Right. <laughs> it's probably some stupid reality show or something, but I don't have to think about anything. So that bubble baths, I am a Burke Williams junkie. Okay. So I have to get my Burke Williams in. So I'm devastated that I haven't been able to go. I got my own little facial sauna here. So I'm doing my little facials and writing, writing, writing yes. in my journal. Because I don't mind spending time with myself. Yes. I just want to spend time with me. Absolutely. And it's so interesting. Our lists are almost identical for the self-care. And I always say that worship is the highest form of self-care. Mm-hmm. Get everything that you need when you're just transparent, you can be open. Yes. So there's no reason to front, you know? And I know he wants us to come anyway, naked and not ashamed. Not ashamed. And just, this is what I need, Lord. I love you for who you are. So Amazing. And journaling, I think, is like my number two, because you can write what you feel on the page without fear of judgment. And then I try to line that up with the word out and be like, oh, okay, I got to do some work over there. Like <laughs> when I go on to glory, uh-huh. they find so many journals around here and just have themselves a good time. <laughs> Volumes of books I'm telling you <laughs> the first 15 they might find say the exact same thing over and over and over. It was like, thought you were growing, but just another year. But you're in the same thing. Yes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> so any plans for another book? You know, I just did another journal. I actually just have to finish putting it all together. It's a 21-day book for young people called think on these things i love it and it's just for a daily read because you know they say it takes like 21 days to form a habit so if you could take this and on each day maybe three to five times a day say i am capable yes and read the scripture that corresponds to that one and you can just write notes in it so actually i have it done i just have to get it out and so i have that that I'm working on. And then I'm working on some new songs 
And that's been kind of cool too, because it's like he's in New York and I'm here. So this whole I'm writing, you're writing back and forth has been kind of it's been interesting. <laughs> Something about your testimony to wrap it up that I really think is amazing is that no matter what state you've been in, you've just allowed God to lead you and you just go where he leads. I just really want to leave with that message that once you know who you are, you're fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. He purposed you. You're not here by accident. There's a purpose and a plan for your life. You are worthy and you just follow him where he goes. It lifts such a heavy burden. So from music school to recording to oncology to the center to an MBA dealing in finance to an author. I mean, you just follow him and do the work that he has set before you. That's a blessing and a lesson for all of us. Yeah. The good part is I don't even see it as that. I'm just doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how you can live when you just allow him to just carry you and you just be obedient to whatever he says. Yeah. Okay. You know, this is what we doing, Lord. Okay. Let me go do it. Let me just be obedient. So Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that young people and old alike will be blessed by this content and your testimony. And so I just really thank you for coming on and spending the time with yeah. us. I will put all of the links to Kim's book, her social media, her website, and her CDs in the show notes so that you can take a listen and take a look. So thanks again. Just a closer walk with Just a closer walk with Just a closer walk with our